Megan. And I'm Jen. And you're listening to the Travel Mug Podcast. Every episode, we talk about travel destinations, interesting trivia, and even some travel fails. Let's dive into today's episode. Don't forget to travel mug. Welcome back, everyone, to the Travel Mug Podcast. We hope you're all doing well. Uh, Today, we're excited to dive even deeper into our home province of Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia isn't all about Halifax and Peggy's Cove or even the South Shore that we talked about last episode. There's so much more to see, and we live in such a small but beautiful province, Um, and there's so much more here to explore than I even thought possible. The pandemic, it sucks, but it's definitely, you know, given us one thing that we've been traveling around our home province a lot more, and I know you have too, Megan, so it's just been, it's been good to explore around home. Um, (laughs) So we're going to dive in. Uh, Get a little caveat in these COVID times, check to make sure everything we talk about is open. Maybe you're listening to this in the future, post-pandemic, and everything is good. Lucky uh, you. Lucky you in the future. (laughs) (laughs) So today, continuing our tour, we're kind of picking up where we left off with our last episode from the South Shore. So we're going to start in Yarmouth, and we're going to do the Acadian Shores and up into the Annapolis Valley, so kind of coming up the other coast. So it would take approximately two hours and 20 minutes to do this drive, but obviously you're going to want to stop at all these amazing places. So we recommend spending at least a few nights because there's so much to see and do. So plan for a few days. So we're going to start with Yarmouth. Let's kick it off. So Yarmouth uh, was founded in 1761. It was originally inhabited by the Mi'kmaq, thought to also have been visited, actually, by Leif Erikson. And if you remember, we mentioned him in a previous episode on Iceland, and he was an explorer from that country. Yarmouth does have a very rich history in fishing. I mean, most of Nova Scotia itself does, Mm -hmm. including lobster fishing. And due to its proximity to rich fishing and lobster grounds, that's why it's such a big industry in that area. Um, It was at one time a major player in the shipbuilding uh, arena and eventually railways and steamships and ferries. We won't get into ferries here, but there is a much Mm. um, maligned ferry from (laughs) Maine to Yarmouth and vice versa, or at least there's supposed to be. If you're listening in the future, maybe it exists. Maybe. (laughs) Probably don't ask a Nova Scotian how they feel about that Maine to Yarmouth ferry. No, We we have feelings and they are not good ones. Don't get into it with us. No. So let's talk about our favorite pastime, which is eating. Where should we eat in Yarmouth? Yes, moving forward. So Rudder's Restaurant and a Brew Pub, I've eaten there a few times myself. It's very seafood forward. There are other options. Um, But again, most of the things we mentioned all along the coast today are probably going to have a pretty big seafood focus. Um, Rudder's also has a seasonal patio overlooking the marina. Um, another cute place to eat um, and have a great coffee is the Perky Owl Coffee Incorporated. My shout out to my friend Cher who works there. It is a great spot for amazing mochas, coffee, and sandwiches. Also, Sip Cafe, another great cafe for all of your coffee needs, tea and pastry. And that one also has a second location in Matagan, which we will talk about in a few minutes. So Sip Cafe in two spots. Yay, coffee. We're all going to need coffee. <laughs> 
Indeed. One of the things that uh, Peter and I like to do is visit breweries. So approximately 10 to 12 minutes from Yarmouth in the village of Tusket. It's a great brewery called Tusket Falls. They have an amazing assortment of beer as well as as guest cider and beer on tap. So I'd highly recommend going there. Perfect. There's, look, moving on to things to do in Yarmouth. I actually haven't spent a lot of time there. And I didn't realize there was so much to do. So I really need to get down there. So why don't you tell me what I need to do when I get to Yarmouth? I've spent a lot of time there and some (laughs) of this was new to me. So we'll go over some (laughs) things you can definitely do there. Honestly, I feel like now I've I've missed out a bit because I went there a lot as uh, in my teen years. So one of the interesting things I didn't know was a thing is living wharves fishing experience. So there is a website actually with a calendar of what wharves to visit and when. And when you pick the wharf on the specific day, you can go and experience and see what fishermen who are so important to the area actually do in their daily jobs. I found that really interesting. I mean, I've done that my whole life because my dad was a fisherman, (laughs) but I didn't realize it was an experience. So if you are coming to that region for that, um, for that purpose. I think that that's pretty fascinating. Have you ever even heard of anything? I haven't heard of that, but it is interesting. I think in this time, a lot of people are more interested in where their food comes from and that this would be a very interesting way to see how seafood is caught. Um, you know, we, I grew up in a fishing town like you did. I, I don't personally, um, my family isn't in the fishing industry, but I have seen it and it's, uh, it's a lot harder than I think people realize though. Um, I think it could be interesting for sure. Yeah, definitely. Another great, uh, interesting thing about the region is it's an amazing area for stargazing because of the dark sky preserve area that is located within. Now, the closest spot to Yarmouth, although there are quite a few sort of in the vicinity, is the Deep Sky Eye Observatory in Quinnan. It's about a 23-minute drive away. Um, Another spot is the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia. There is one in Halifax, but there's also one located in Yarmouth. Um, Another great thing, again, sort of fishing-oriented, is the Cape Fortu Lighthouse. It is apparently the second most photographed lighthouse in the province. Um, there's an amazing rugged coastline nearby and it's a 17 minute drive sort of from downtown Yarmouth, if you want to call it downtown. <laughs> and one of the other interesting spots too is uh, a theater called the Ark. So Yarmouth Arts Regional Center. It presents both professional and amateur plays. I've actually been to a play there myself. It is quite large with 343 seats. And there's also an art gallery and a costume studio. And again, like the caveat previously, just make sure before you do anything that they're open. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot more to do in Yarmouth than I thought. So I need to get down there. The uh, Cape Fortune Lighthouse has definitely been on my list for a while, but we just haven't made it down to the end of the province. So it looks so beautiful in pictures. Yeah, it is. And I think it's growing up sort of near there, we would go to the movies there as a kid. It was our sort of big town getaway. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't think I went for the reasons that I just mentioned. So going there as an actual tourist and as an adult, I think it would actually be pretty interesting and people would, uh, people would enjoy their time there. For sure. All right, moving on, we're going to move into the municipality of Clare, which includes Matagan, Maviette, Clare, and Church Point. This area was settled in 1768. It offers services uh, in English and French. It's the only municipality in our province that does this. It's a beautiful coastline, and I haven't spent a whole lot of time here, but I've spent 
a very little. And I know, Megan, you've spent some time here recently, so I'll let you take it away. Yeah, like this is an area of the province that we hadn't really been to much. I'd only been probably when I was younger. Peter had never been. So we sort of made it a focus this summer to spend some more time there. So in the community uh, or village of Matagan itself, there is Smuggler's Cove Provincial Park. It's not actually a huge park. There are some picnic tables and stuff, but the real thing that people go for is the cove itself. Keep in mind that you have to take about 80 steps down to the shoreline. And it was a prime location for smuggling liquor during the prohibition in the 1920s, hence the name Smuggler's Cove. Ah, I didn't get that till right now. (laughs) Thanks, Megan. (laughs) For today, years old. There it is. Um, So it does fill in at high tide. So plan to get there at low tides. You can actually get down to the shoreline and there's also a cave you can actually go into. Um, Like I said, there are some picnic tables. There's also some washrooms. um, So you can plan to have lunch or whatnot, but it's not a place you're going to spend a lot of time, but it is a great place to stop for some really pretty pictures and you can explore a bit of the shoreline down below. I mean, if, if the coast is sort of new to you, maybe you'll spend longer, but for Nova Scotians, it's not It's not somewhere you'll probably spend as much time, but it is really beautiful for photos. There is a French pronunciation of this, but I know I'm not going to get it, even though we just said it. So Maviette Beach is in Maviette, of course. There is an amazing sandy beach there. It's why people go. Otherwise, it's sort of just a community of pretty much of houses. But there's no seaweed or rocks on the beach. It is so wide when the tides are out. It really reminded me of Inch Beach in Ireland, I have to be honest. Like we were so surprised about how wide the beach was at low tide and the fact that there's just nothing in your way, which is really unique for Nova Scotia beaches, which are usually rocky and full yes, of sea. For sure. Yeah. That is a hidden gem because Yeah, it's a hundred percent a hidden gem. And we were we've been there twice this summer. And I I I mean I've never been there before in my whole life. So it really did uh, sort of draw us back there. Mm-hmm. Um the area, I have to be honest, and it's like this in a lot of Nova Scotia, there's a tendency for it to be really foggy. We were just there on Peter's birthday. I don't think we saw we saw the ocean a few times from our window, but it wasn't much. So really keep that in mind so that you're not disappointed. Um, when we were just there, we did stay at the Cape View Motel. It's literally steps from the beach. Um, it's a cute little motel. They have a continental breakfast, pretty reasonable rates, but honestly, it's a prime spot to have that beach access. And even though it was really foggy, we went down when it was low tide and we played in the fog and no one else was there and it felt like we were in another world. So it was actually, you, you can still enjoy it even in the fog. Definitely. Yeah. So moving on to the community of Church Point. Uh, so we've been there a couple times now as well. And we highly recommend Chez Lamy. So it's for all of your ice cream and deep fried needs. Um, what including- else could you need? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's anything. Maybe a vegetable here and there, but that's about it. <laughs> nah. <laughs> and they also have um, everything seafood and, of course, including lobster poutines, if that is your thing. It's a great place to try it. They're super friendly. They have little picnic tables with umbrellas outside. And based on its name, the community is most famous for the church in Church Point, Um, right? Uh, Eglise St. Marie, which is known as the tallest wooden church in North America. It's so beautiful. I know they've been trying to save it recently um, because it has fallen into disrepair a little bit. So hopefully they can save it because it is gorgeous inside. I went once as a teenager. Um, while I was in the community for like French camp and, um, it's gorgeous. So 
hopefully it's still there. If it's there, please pop in and leave a donation because it's so beautiful. I'm going to need to see a picture of you at French camp. Oh, yeah. As they're gone. <laughs> yeah. That's a little Jen at French camp. That's oh, Jen joke. at French camp. Jen got in trouble for speaking English a lot at French camp. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> Um, so another thing as well is the fact that, uh, in church point, there is the university St. Anne, which is only the second French complete French curriculum for a university in the Maritimes. The other one is in Moncton. Um, and another food recommendation, again, all about the food would be in the community of Saunierville, also in the municipality of Clare, as all of this is municipality of Clare really does extend for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. We kept thinking, why are we still in Clare? But it just... <laughs> It goes on going. forever. With, <laughs> it does with a bunch of different uh, little communities, and that would be uh, Cuisine de Robichaux. So again, it's a seafood focus, and the meals are really, the meals are really uh, homemade seeming, uh, but in a good way. So it's not like you, you know, it's it's not an upsetting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem really well made, um, and the chefs are really talented there. And they also have traditional Acadian rapi pie when available. Rappy pie, I never really knew. It's not something sort of from my culture. It's definitely an Acadian thing. Um, and it's a casserole-like dish with grated potatoes, meat or seafood, onions, and broth. And apparently it's a must try. Have you ever had rappy pie? I haven't. I don't eat a lot of meat or seafood. So it's, so that it's not, not really been something that I would have tried, but <laughs> maybe I'm vegetarian rappy pie. <laughs> Yeah, if I could just get the broth and the potatoes to go, uh, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the other thing I wanted to mention before we moved on to Digby is that there are motels, beds and bed and breakfasts, as well as Airbnb spots in the area. And I really do think a few days would be a good stretch of time to explore all of those little communities. Probably not more than two is necessarily needed, but I would say a couple of days there for sure. Maybe a third if you really want to dive into some of the more cultural aspects of it. But mm-hmm. it's a very enjoyable spot. And I'm so glad we spent some time there over the summer. Awesome. So yes. now we're moving on to Digby, which I spent a couple days here a couple weeks ago now, I guess. So it was my first time to Digby. So very exciting. Uh, So the town of Digby has a pretty nice waterfront. It has a lot of restaurants that serve world-famous Digby scallops. As I said, I don't eat a lot of meat or seafood, so I did not have any, but... Sea scallops are my favorite. I have it on good authority that they're good. Everybody likes them, but they're just not for me. That's okay. (laughs) Yeah. So Digby hosts an annual, except for this year, Wharf Rat Rally, which is a motorbike rally. I guess they all go hang out. It's a really huge event. There's tons of people that come from all over to go to this forefront rally. So um, yeah, sad that that they had to cancel it this year, but hopefully it's on for next year. Yeah, it was enjoyable. I actually have only went once and I'm not a biker, um, obviously, Um, (laughs) but I did go because there were two characters from Sons of Anarchy that were there. And I love that show. (laughs) And so I made my way into Digby to the Warcraft Rally to meet Tig and Juice. And if anybody has watched Sons of Anarchy, I have picture proof if you need it. Ooh. (laughs) Sounds like that should be on our Instagram and Facebook page. Oh, I will. Oh. (laughs) I'll share that puppy for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> as far as things to do in Digby, it's small. 
There's not a lot of shops that I found. There's a cute cafe, but we missed it, sadly. So I cannot um, tell you if it was delicious or not. But the Maud Lewis replica house is just outside of downtown Digby. It's really cool. We've seen the um, not replica house, the real Maud Lewis house at the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia, which we talked about in our Halifax episode. So to go see uh, the replica house is really cool. A guy just built it on his property and painted it in her style. And um, it's just, it's really, really cute. So, and it's free. He asked for donations um, just for the upkeep of it. It's basically down his driveway. You can see his house, but uh, it's a really neat little spot. Oh, that's awesome. I know. So if you're going to stay in Digby, I would recommend the Bayside Inn. It's a bed and breakfast type inn. Uh, It's like an old house. Our room was really nice facing the water. And uh, it includes like a hot breakfast in the morning and the owner was super sweet. She made us French toast and ch- chatted with us about our plans for the day. So we definitely loved it there. Uh, we used Digby as a jumping off point to Briar Island and Long Island. Because uh, our whole point of the trip was to go whale watching. So we left from Digby and we drove. First, you drive to Long Island. So there are two ferries to get to the island. So you have to take one ferry from Digby, Digby Neck to Long Island, and then another ferry from Long Island to Briar Island. Ferries usually cost $7 each. Um, going in, the return is free. However, right now they're not charging because of COVID. So wow. it's free right now. You just drive on, which is great. Both of the islands have really nice hikes and lighthouses. Long Island has a hike to Balancing Rock. So it's basically a, um, it's huge. It's basalt uh, stone and it's kind of balancing on another rock. So it looks like it should topple over, but somehow it's not. So I know, cool. I'm so scared it's going to topple over before I can get there. <laughs> oh, I hope it not. Like. It's been there for like ever. So I feel like you're okay. And you can check out a picture Jen posted of that on our Instagram, yes. actually. Yes, I loved it there. Now, was that on Long Island or Briar Island? That is on Long Island. Okay, cool. So we drove to, we took the ferry to Long Island. We went to Balancing Rock and then we hopped back on the road and we drove to the ferry and hopped onto Briar Island. Okay. And on Briar Island, uh, we walked around. It's a tiny island. There's not much there. A couple lighthouses, a couple hiking routes, um, very few stores. I think there's one or two restaurants on the entire island. We ate at the Lighthouse Cafe. It was delicious, but you don't have much choice. So <laughs> or pack a right. picnic or eat there. Um, <laughs> but our main focus was going whale watching. So we went with Briar Island Whale and Seabird Cruises. We had an amazing time. I think we were out there for about five hours and we saw lots of whales and we saw seals and puffins and it was really, really fun. That's awesome. Yes. Highly recommend. Uh, Good Nova Scotian thing to do. Indeed. Where are we off to next? Bear River, which is the cutest small town probably I've ever been to. I've never been. I I can't even call it a small town. It is a village. 
<laughs> there are lots of shops um, and cafes on the, the main street, the one street, basically. And there are right. beautiful art galleries and shops, locally made pottery, home decor, local books. So the two stores that I really enjoyed were called Flight of Fancy and Blue Mind Gallery. Um, I wanted to buy everything in there. So Ryan I'm had to drag me. I have to go there. I love stores like I that. I do too. So the whole reason actually we stopped in Bear River was to go to Sisabu Coffee Roasters uh, because I've been on a mission to try all of the Nova Scotian roasted coffee. And Sisabu has been my favorite so far. Ooh. So I wanted to stop into their like flagship location. And we had a coffee. It was delicious. And uh, Highly recommend that. Cool. And on the way, we also stopped at Casanova Fine Beverages. So they make wine and cider. They have a cherry cherry cider that is delicious. That sounds so good. I've never heard of cherry cider either. Yeah, it's, he said it sells out like so quickly. So we were happy to bring a bottle home. Mm. So the next town, I went to yesterday so it is fresh in my mind Good time. <laughs> and we're headed to annapolis royal so the first thing we actually did in annapolis royal uh, was the historic gardens it's beautiful it's huge i think it was 17 acres so you could spend a lot of time in there wow. um, they have tons of different plants so many and they kind of divided up really cool with information about uh, each region and each species. So it's definitely interesting if you're into gardening, but if you're not, it's still pretty to walk through. Right. It was very relaxing there. We were the, I think we were the only people there when we got there. So there was definitely cars later in the day, but I think we got there close to opening and we were the only people there. So it was lovely. That's even better. So the, the kind of main street in Annapolis Royal is called Lower George Street and they call it the historic Lower George Street oh. at, because of all of the beautiful buildings. They're all heritage buildings. If you know me recently, I've been obsessed with old buildings. So <laughs> I was in heaven just looking at all of them. I bet so. It's a place for you. I know. And there's so many little cute shops and uh, and restaurants. We actually ate at the German bakery. The food was really, really good, really fresh. And we got pretzels to go because how can you not at the German bakery? Exactly. I haven't met a German bakery I haven't enjoyed. Hmm. True. Um, well, in terms of Annapolis Royal, we've both spent some time there. Uh, Jen's is definitely a little more recent. Can't beat yesterday. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I have been several times um, and Jen did a stroll the grounds as well. She, uh, she told me earlier in terms of going to Fort and historic site. So it is Canada's oldest national historic site. It has a star shaped grounds Uh, which do overlook the Annapolis River. It really did play an important part in our history, acting as a battleground between Europe's empire builders. So the grounds are pretty rolling and beautiful, lots of like hills and green grass, and there's large cannons on site. I remember being a kid when I was there, and of course you have to get on the cannon. But how do you not? I mean, what else do you do? Exactly. Pete Slug is on every cannon he sees. So, and he's 47. <laughs> when, when we were kids, we didn't really travel much as a family outside of camping. 
So we did go there. Um, and that was a really big deal for me as a kid. So when I've gone back since I really have fond memories of that place. So it is one of those places that I enjoy going and know I enjoyed as a kid. And it's, it's fun to remember that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, Another fun spot in the uh, area, very history oriented as well, and it has been a while since I've been, is uh, Port Royal Habitation. I was there in probably uh, 2004 or 2005. Um, It does feature a reconstruction of the habitation, an enclosed wooden structure sort of compound of what was there previously in the town. So in 1605, Samuel de Champlain helped establish one of the earliest European settlements in North America on the land, this traditional homeland of the Mi'kmaq. So costume presenters or interpreters are actually there and they'll help you understand the challenges faced by the French as they sort of carved out this new settlement. So it's sort of a lot of reenactments and you can stroll through the old buildings and it's actually really interesting, especially if you're really into history. Um, And it's of course, you know, one of those things of sort of like you get to peer back on how they used to live, which Mm -hmm. is always a, a good reminder of how good we have it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I actually was probably there about the same year you were. So it's been a long time for both of us. Um, it It is closed right now, I believe, during the pandemic, because I did look into it yesterday. But yeah, it's kind of like a living history type of place. And it I would really like to go back again. So putting that on the list for next time. Definitely. And, and it's so funny, as we do these podcasts about Nova Scotia, especially, I do keep adding to my own list. because oh, for sure. Yeah, there are things that I haven't, that we talk about that I haven't seen or done. So there's even more to do. <laughs> um, the next spot uh, in the Annapolis Royal Region um, is Kejimikujik National Park and Historic Site. And yes, I said Kejimikujik. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it seems like it's really complicated, but I guess we've probably been saying it our whole lives. For so our we- whole lives, yeah. And I think a lot of people shorten it to Keji, of course. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's funny. I haven't spent a lot of time there because my family is not campers. Mm. Um, So I would like to spend more time there. I think I've been there maybe twice. No, it's a beautiful spot. It's a really large campground. There are many sites for sort of tenting. Also, of course, people with trailers. And it does include backwoods camping via canoe. Peter's done that before. Not really my gig. (laughs) Um, But Peter has gone and enjoyed that. Um, There are different sections such as Jake's Landing, etc. So there are even different larger sections of the the park. It's very, very expansive. Um, So there's many different sites, many different locations where you could spend some time. Uh, We actually spent a lot of time there at Keji when we were kids, lots of swimming and campfires and bike riding. I actually remember getting lost as a kid on my bike. And it was, of course, the 80s when things didn't seem as scary. And this nice woman walked me back because my mother always made sure she put my campsite on my hand. Oh, smart mom. My mother didn't just meet me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So she always wanted to make sure that people returned me, which apparently they always did. Um, so these are definitely some of my favorite childhood memories. And Peter and I did go back as uh, me as an adult for the first time in 2016. And it did feel like coming sort of home. It was, it's a really special place. It's a great place to make memories, I guess, even as adults, but also especially with kids. And this is also part of the dark sky preserve. So if you are camping there on a clear night and there's not a full moon, you're definitely going to have amazing uh, stargazing opportunities while you're there too. It's a huge highlight if you can get yeah. the right time. It's beautiful. If you look up people who do like astrophotography in Keji, it's gorgeous because yeah. you can see so much. So 
highly recommend if you're into like astrophotography. Yeah. And if you are sort of a stargazer or like you mentioned into photography, you can of course look up when the, you know, you can't guarantee a clear night, but you can also always go when there's not a full moon because we were actually there on a full moon and we were by the water and I didn't even need a lantern. That's how bright it was. It was insanely bright. Wow. We could, so stargazing was a no, but moon gazing was a yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's next? Do tell. All right. Continuing up the Annapolis Valley, we're going to stop into Aylesford, which is home of the Oaklawn Farm Zoo. It's been open for over 30 years. I've gone a lot as a kid. It's definitely a super popular day trip from the city to for families to take kids because it's really cool because they have monkeys, they have lions, they have horses, they have chickens, they have pythons, they have everything. Yes. Not all together, of course. No, no, they're all separated. Yes. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> you not have to explain to your kids why the lion <laughs> is eating the monkey. Something and the python like is swallowing the chicken. Bad. <laughs> um, so they have a zonkey. A what now? A zonkey, mm. which is a cross between a zebra and a donkey. Wow. It's very interesting. Apparently, they're very rare. Um, but yeah, really cool. Leave it Something, to Aylesford. Right? I mean, where else can you see a zonkey? And have you ever heard of one before? I haven't. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. There you go. I guess they would be the same size for like, I guess we're not yeah. going to get into it, but for like mating purposes. <laughs> well, they're very similar, yeah. um, like genetic makeup. So cool. they can do that. Fun, fun fact. There you go. <laughs> Amazing. And the next one I've not done, the next place Ooh. we're going to talk about, and I'm so jealous because I'm dying. I don't know why we're not. Oh, really you need to go. Let's get in the car. We can make it. We <laughs> should. So the next spot is uh, the town of Cambridge for the Valley Drive-In Theater. Oh. I went for the first time last summer and I was giddy. I don't know <laughs> what it is about a drive-in theater, but it makes it so much fun. Oh, it looks uh, So it's a 1950s style drive-in theater. Um, it's really fun. They show like the old 50s pre-show, you know, commercial things to like go get your popcorn and right. everything. So they have a you know, complex where they have bathrooms and a takeout, like hamburgers, hot dogs, uh, chips, popcorn kind of thing. And it's really inexpensive. So it's $20 per couple or $20 for a car load. And usually there's, there's always two movies. Sometimes they throw in a third. So you wow. can see two movies for $20 for a couple. That's Plus, unheard of. I, it's insane. I couldn't believe it. The only problem is you have to be able to stay up late enough to watch all the movies <laughs> because it has to start when it gets dark. So, Oh, that's a really good point. Yes. Cause the, the second movie will start at like 10 30 or 11. So you gotta, you gotta be a night owl. You have to have taken your nap that day, Nana. Yes, but I even $20 for one movie no, really? is cheaper than the regular theater. Yeah, there's also another drive-in in Glace Bay. And I swear when we go visit Peter's parents, I like look at it longingly and we never go when it's open. And I just like stare at it and he laughs every time, but we've not made it yet. Or if we've been, there's just been movies I haven't wanted to see. I'm, mm. I'm sorry, Toy Story, but I don't want to see you. <gasps> How dare you? 
I don't think it was really Toy Story, but it's the first thing that came to my head. But like, there's just been movies I haven't wanted to see. Yeah. So I, I will get, like, I mean, I guess there's not many in the province. I should get on it. You should. I think they're having a little bit of a resurgence right now, though, because yeah, of of COVID because people are nervous to go sit in a regular movie theater. So why not sit in your own car with your own bubble of people? I mean, and no one's kicking your seat in your car. Uh, well, hopefully. Well, hopefully. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. If, if they are, you can probably reach back and hit them because <laughs> you know them. You, you would hopefully, and you hopefully know them. <laughs> <laughs> probably don't pick up strangers to go to the drive-in movie. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it. No. So the next towns, um, they're, well, here they are. They're Kentville and New Minas. They're not as touristy, would you say? No. As the other towns, but they're great for shopping. So tell us a little bit of what, what, what we could do there. So in the normal years, uh, Kenville hosts the Pumpkin People Festival in October. Uh, so individual houses and businesses will build scarecrows with pumpkin heads. Um, and they always have a certain theme, which is It is really, really cool, cool to drive through. Yeah. Have you done it? I have, yeah. I've done it several times. Yeah. And it's really cool. Like, it's just very creative. and. Um, I, we've always had a good time. I think I it's don't good see why they couldn't do that this year. I don't know. They're just not. I guess probably to keep people from like congregating on yes, sidewalks. So, oh, this new world. Yes, that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and the other place I wanted to mention, although I have not been, is called the Maritime Express Cider Co. in Kentville. It's a new cidery and tap room, and it's in a former iconic railway hotel. I've seen pictures. I follow them on Instagram. I really want to go. Their food looks fantastic. Their cider sounds delicious. I've heard that it's great, but I haven't been yet. So it's on my list. I promise if you're listening, Maritime Express Co., I will be there at some point. That sounds delightful. I love me some cider and I love a good menu and I love a former iconic railway hotel. I mean, how can you not? Yeah. (laughs) How could you go wrong? I will put that on my list too. We're coming for you, Maritime Express Cider. (laughs) All right, beautiful. So let's move on. And again, Jen's been more recently to this town, but we'll both chat about it because I've been As there. in I drove home from it hours ago. <laughs> I have been there today. <laughs> so yeah, pretty recently. But this is the big one, I feel, in the valley. So yeah. Wolfville. Wolfville. I mean, Wolfville. it's a... Uh, it's iconic. It is a very popular tourist destination due to its proximity to beautiful natural surroundings and its views of Cape Lomadon, the Bay of Fundy and Gaspro Valley, as well as the wine. Yes, the mm. wine. Um, there's lots of places to stay with a variety of inns and B&Bs in the area. There's a plethora of places to eat, great little shops, a good nightlife. Um, the town, of course, is at its busiest when the students are there because it is the home to Acadia University my alma mater, and because the students actually caused the population of Wolfville to nearly double. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Uh -uh. So Main Street in Wolfville, it's the happening place. It has so many great shops and restaurants. Some of my favorite places to eat include the Naked Crepe Bistro. So they there last time. Oh, so good. Right there on Saturday. So good. They have a variety of crepes. Um, savory crepe, sweet crepe. They also do a thin crust pizza. All delicious. I've had nothing bad there. Love it. Yep. Um, the other place is the Church Brewing Co., 
which we ate there last night and it was amazing. Yeah. It is busy though. So, um, and they're not taking reservations. So you do have to be prepared to wait a little bit to get in usually on the weekends. Um, but it's worth it. It's worth the wait. Have you been there? We have actually, we went, I would say sometime last year, uh, we drove down for uh Sunday. It was sort of more in like November-ish, but it was still pretty busy, even though there weren't many mm. tourists, but the food was delicious and they do have a really versatile menu. So for if you're vegetarian or vegan or whatever the case might be, really versatile menu, great beer. I, I loved it there, but it is super busy. So keep that in mind. For sure. Back to drinking cider. The Annapolis Cider Co. is uh, on Main Street as well. I love their cider. I just picked up some yesterday and it is cherry, lemon, and thyme. So it is delicious. I'm really really enjoying that one. Yeah, they do a something different every, I don't know how often they change it, but they do change it up. And uh, that was their, their current something different cider and it is good. Yummy. That sounds really good. Um, A couple of places for food that I actually wanted to mention um, is the library pub. It's great, of course, for um, usual pub fare, but it's a great place to stop for just a beer. They have a little patio on Main Street. It's a cute little spot, um, especially upstairs. It does definitely have a library feel to it. So Mm -hmm. I would definitely recommend going there. Joe's Food Emporium. I'm just going to say that I would recommend going there for its traditional dish, which is Scott Skins. They are potato skins smothered in good stuff. Um, If you went to Acadia University, you lived for Scott Skins. I really honestly haven't eaten much else there ever. I don't know if I've ever (laughs) had another dish, so I can't. If you go there and have something else, you're on your own. But if you have the Scott Skins, um, good on you. They are absolutely delicious. I would highly recommend. They're worth going for, for sure. We did want to mention the winery tours. Wine is a huge business, like I mentioned earlier, in Wolfville. There is the Magic Winery Bus takes you around to several wineries. You get to sample lots of um, goodness. Uh, There's also opportunities to have lunch and whatnot. You don't have to drive. That's really the biggest key. And oftentimes people go down, stay overnight in Wolfville, do that, and then just chill afterwards. There is the Tangled Garden. It's a tea room um, there. It didn't open this year, but it is expected to open next year. Due to COVID, they didn't, but it's uh, highly recommended if you enjoy sort of and having that traditional little setting. Have you actually ever been to Tangle Garden? I have. So the Tangle Garden. Uh, okay. So the uh, gardens are open to walk through, oh, but cool. the tea room is closed. The gardens are beautiful. They're really cool. They also make things like jellies and jams and liqueurs that you can buy in their little shop as well. I had a blueberry jam and a raspberry lavender jam this morning from them on my toast. And it was delicious. So fancy sounding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd also like to mention too, there is a great farmer's market uh, in Wolfville on the weekends. Um, it is currently outside due to the pandemic, but there's still lots of venues uh, and vendors and it's definitely worth going to. Yeah, I, I went on Saturday morning and it was still hopping pretty busy. Bought some soap and bought some cheese from Fox Hill Cheese. And- Oh, good. So yeah, worth going to. What else should we do there? What else should we do there? We should go to the Grand Prairie National Historic Site. It is another UNESCO World Heritage Site. And don't ask me to repeat what UNESCO stands for because I've forgotten since last episode. (laughs) There won't be a quiz. That's good. (laughs) 
<laughs> so at the Grand Prix uh, National Historic Site, you'll get to know about the Acadian people. Many of them were deported, what we now call Le Grand Dérogement. And so between the years of 1755 and 1762, Acadians who would not declare allegiance to the English um, or the British during the Seven Years' War were deported. And some of them were sent to what is now Louisiana and became known as Cajuns. So it's an interesting connection between Nova Scotia and, and Louisiana. For many Acadians throughout the world, the site remains the heart of their ancestral home and is the symbol of the ties that unite them to this day. It's very important site, just Nova Scotian history wise. Um, they have a really nice interpretive center where you can watch like a little movie and then also kind of walk through a museum and then you can walk the grounds. There's a little chapel and a statue of Evangeline and it's really cool. It's a little bit heavy, honestly, just because of the history. But Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's, I think it's important though, to sort of remember that that kind of stuff happens and likely somewhere still happens and that, you know, it's really important to sort of know how people um, were treated and and how they sort of think about their ancestral homeland and and what happened. I think it's it's really important to do. And we've been there as well. Um, I think it might have been last year, or the year before. We actually went, and I, it was the first time for me. Um, and you're right, it is a little bit heavy, but outside is super beautiful. The grounds are lovely, great uh, photo opportunities, and they have. We were there pretty early, and they have sort of wide open fields. And I'm not gonna lie, I frolicked. Of course, and I did some cartwheels as a grown adult, and I actually really enjoyed it. But there weren't any people there to see it, which was the most important part. I guess. <laughs> yes, I love to frolic in an open field. <laughs> Before we move on, oh, there's a couple of uh, footnotes we need to mention here. Tell us about a great hike that we can do here nearby. Yes, Cape Split. So it's kind of up on, or it is on Scotts Bay. So it's a bit away from Wolfville, but it's in the area. Um, it's a bit of a challenging hike. It's yeah. long, but it's very special to me because my husband and I got engaged here oh, no. on Cape Split. It's very funny when you look at the pictures from that day, I can clearly see a ring box in Ryan's pocket that I was completely oblivious to while we were hiking out. So <laughs> I'm really ob- observant. <laughs> Little Jen and Ryan history there. For uh, yes, it's a special place. And the other thing we wanted to mention was the Locust and Star Inn. Have you been? I have. I was there last night and the (laughs) night before. I've also been. We both love it. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I honestly can't say enough good things about the Locust and Star. We had an amazing time. It's an inn. It's not very big. It's only two rooms or two suites, I guess. So. Um, you know, it's not super hopping, but it's, uh, it's really relaxing. Like the owner, Lisa, she's amazing. And so we got there, we checked in, we had a bottle of cider on the veranda. Um, our room was huge. (laughs) Yeah. So big. And, uh, yeah. Also home to Binky's donuts. So when you wake up in the morning, there is a tray of donuts and coffee waiting outside your room. Oh, it's the best one. One of the best mornings of my life. I mean, how does it get better than that? It doesn't. And that's like the pre-breakfast because there's still breakfast that she serves yes. you. It's incredible. I, we stayed there too. Um, 
we were her first bookings when she opened back in June. We stayed uh, uh, probably maybe a month ago now. We had the best time. She's just warm and welcoming. You f- she makes you feel like, you know, her space is your space. And, and the donuts and the coffee and the breakfast and the decor, the whole thing is, and it's plus it's central in Wolfville. You really, you can't go wrong. I really, no, you can't. And I definitely felt at home because I wore my bathrobe to breakfast this morning. And Lisa thought that was amazing. So That is amazing. <laughs> and I love a room with a robe. So. I know. I, yeah. Amazing. Highly, highly recommend that you stay there. For sure. So to finish things off, as we often do, um, we're going to go through some fun facts. So fun fact number one, the nearby Bay of Fundy is home to the world's highest tides. The tidal range in the Bay of Fundy is about 13 to 16 meters, which is about 43 to 50 feet. And the average tidal range worldwide is about one meter. So that can really tell you um, how much the difference is between Three feet to 43 feet, quite a bit of difference. Quite a bit of difference. Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting to watch the tide come in. It is. Yeah. It happens quickly and it goes high. Definitely. So a popular but unsupported cultural mm. belief in Yarmouth holds that the American composer Meredith Wilson wrote his well-known song, It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas. While he was staying in the Yarmouth Grand Hotel. So, Grand Hotel. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with it. I am. I like that. Let's claim that. (laughs) Claimed. Claimed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Annapolis Valley also boasts 55 more days of sun than other areas of Nova Scotia. So, why do we live in Halifax? Right. Like, that's a lot more sun. Right. But I suppose they need it too. That's where all of our fruits and veggies and wine comes from. So good on them. But we obviously need to spend more time there. Exactly. Speaking of apples, they grow over 40 varieties of apples in the Annapolis Valley, which seems insane. I know just driving down through Wolfville, there are so many you picks. So you want to go, you pick apples. You got tons of places to choose from. Definitely. And then finally, 62% of the municipality of the District of Clare speak only French, 34 speak only English, and 3% speak both. So again, if you are looking for a bilingual region, um, that's definitely there. And I always joke, I have a friend who's actually from the area and she speaks what I call Fringlish. Um, So she does speak sort of a variety or a mixture of English and French. It's super interesting. um, And they're such lovely people. So I couldn't recommend going down there enough and speaking whatever language you like. Yes. Franglais, if you will, is the it was interesting doing French immersion because we learned France French, and then you go to this region and they speak Acadian French, and it's not super similar sometimes, but uh, yeah, there you go. You get the gist of it, I suppose. You get the gist, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, that brings us to the end of our fun facts and all the time that we have for today. That's so sad. I love talking about this region of the province. And like we said in our South Shore episode, This isn't a comprehensive guide to the Acadian shores in the Annapolis Valley. There are so many little hidden gems tucked in that we possibly couldn't cover them all in this episode. That's true. But uh, 
it's a good jumping off point to discovering all those lovely hidden gems. So you can find links to relevant blog posts in our show notes. And as usual, we'd love it if you could share this podcast with a friend, rate review us on Apple Podcasts, and we'll chat with you real soon. Bye. Bye.